home to Plotting Along. We have a name now. <laughs> Plotting Along um, with Jason and Rachel. Jane Ray. Ray Jane. And what did we watch? The Thing. 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing. Which is really interesting because I found out a lo- that I didn't even realize that there's a remake from 2011. I heard uh, just that it's a prequel rather than a remake. Oh, is it? That's what I heard. I don't know anything about it besides that. Yeah, I didn't know, and I definitely didn't see it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Another cool fact, it is based off of a book. Um, It's it's called Who Goes There? It was written in 1938 by John W. Campbell, Jr. And also another fun fact that I had no idea about is that it's based off a movie as well that's based off the book that's from 1951 is it yep uh the thing from another world it was uh directed by christian is it ivy maybe yeah, i don't know and <laughs> howard hawks who did gentlemen prefer blondes in el dorado fun facts fun facts i have a lot of them and of course your man squirt russell's in it Ooh. He was very fashionable. I almost, I, I almost rented another Kurt Russell movie today. Oh, yeah. We almost did, didn't we? A couple, I think. Or Captain Ron, <laughs> of course. <laughs> anyway. Ingenious. Mm-hmm. So, Dean Cundy was the son photographer. He did, like, Apollo 13. He did Jurassic Park, Hook, Who Frank Roger Rabbit, etc. A lot. And also, one of your favorite movies, uh, The Holiday with Jack Black. Oh God! That is <laughs> the, the worst same movie ever. Photographer, everything keeps linking together. Oh, we just sweet. <laughs> it's all synchronicity. It's all yeah. And another thing is John Carpenter did not do uh, the sound. The sound. Yeah, he, he was in be, the. When he got Ennio Morricone. Yeah. What are you gonna did, do? Yeah, he had he, the guy that did Hateful Eight, and he did a lot of just tons. Hateful. What? You mean like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all those? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be one of his more noticeable ones that everybody knows. Yeah, I I just said hateful eight because Mm -hmm. more recent, I guess. Squirt Russell. Yes, it's all coming together. It's all it's all about Squirt Russell and. I wish you would stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's all about Kurt Russell and. Uh, Jet Black's, uh, Jack Black's, uh, um, holiday movie. I don't know, that had nothing to do with Antarctica, though. Like, no. unlike our romantic comedy set in Antarctica. Yes. And Rob Button did the effects, right? And he was only 22 years old. And he practically lived at the studio building these effects to the point that he actually got hospitalized and was, uh, for exhaustion, which is an interesting thing, I thought, because a 22-year-old working really hard for this, and also, it's one of the biggest budget horror films at the time. I think it was one of John Carpenter's first, like, big movies, was it? Yeah, it it was. And then it bombed at the box office later, and people hated it at first. I think they were expecting, like, an E.T. thing. Yeah, you couldn't compete with E.T. or Mm -hmm. Blade Runner. Yep, Blade but, Runner came out the same day, I believe. But then several years passed, and then everybody's like, hey, The Thing is the greatest horror movie of all time. It is. It's a pretty good one. Uh, then I'll, later we'll get into my theories about H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft influences. Yes, we can do that. Uh, the sto- stunts coordinator <coughs> was by a Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock. Everybody knows him. Yep. Or they, <laughs> they don't forget him, anyway. <laughs> No, yeah, with a name like Dick Warlock, you would never forget that man. All right, let's get to the actual plot and plot, plot, plots. Deconstructed. Deconstructed. So, what's? How does the movie open? Oh, it opens with these Norwegian helicopters. They or helicopter, I said. Yes. That's shooting at this. Cute little, little puppy, puppy. puppy. Oh, yeah. And I actually found out that dog, because I told you that, that's not a wolf. Mm-hmm. That's not a wolf, yeah. you know. We were confused of what kind of dog. It was um, half Malamute, 
and Alaska Malamute and Half Wolf, actually. So. Oh, it's Half Wolf. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. And of course, I guess you know they keep dog, pack dogs in case they gotta go, you know, yeah. all Jack London out there. Yeah. The thousand dozen. Mm-hmm. They're shooting oh, at this. Oh, point. actually, the we know before everybody else knows. I forgot that the actual opening scene is a UFO crashing onto Earth. Oh yes. They do show you that in the very opening they do. scene. They do. And then it goes to a. Them. Some Nordic dudes shooting a cutesy little wolf baby while he's running across. I know, he was so cute. <laughs> and they're flying around, they go around this scientific station. We're introduced to Kurt Russell, who's uh, the people playing ping pong. Kurt Russell is drinking whiskey and playing on his chess wizard computer. <laughs> and the computer has a female voice. It's the only female voice in the whole movie. Yeah. And kicks his ass. So he opens it up and throws his drink inside and just destroys his I'm computer. I'm surprised you've never done that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Adrian has, hasn't she? Yes, yes. <laughs> our dog has just almost destroyed our computer. By spilling something on it, or I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Let's not bring up my PTSD about it. <laughs> all right. And then we are at... All this, they're outside, all the scientists are outside, like, what the hell's going on? This crazy helicopter shooting at a dog. Trying to plane through it. And it says Norge on the side of the helicopter, so they think they must be a Norwegian. And then the helicopter lands, and then they keep missing the dog, so the guy pulls out a grenade. Mm-hmm. And then the dumbass drops it behind him. <laughs> and then, that would happen to me. Yeah. And then it blows up the helicopter that they came in. And the other guy, I guess. And then the guy's still trying to shoot the dog. And um, then a guy from inside, one of the scientists, he's more looks more of the military type, or the guy who's in control of what's going on here over the scientists, mm-hmm. shoots the guy from the guy who's shooting at the dog, the Norwegian guy. And our commentary is first goddamn week of winter. Kurt Russell has that really cool floppy hat that mm-hmm. I see, and then he had those big sunglasses. It reminds me of, like, every middle-aged woman I see at, like, uh, uh, craft beer festivals. <laughs> are, they, are they all getting their pupils dilated? Yeah. <laughs> They've got these huge, big sunglasses and floppy hats. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize that he started the trend. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Yeah, we're really, we never really think how much Kurt Russell has infested our, I, the minds of the nation. He has done a lot. Yeah. He doesn't even need to get married. Him and Goldie Hawn are mm-hmm. even married. Well, he's Snake Plissken. <laughs> <laughs> Big gravel little vagina. I almost run to that today, too. <laughs> All right. All right, so they're like, what's going on? We're trying to figure out what's happening. They're like, keep calling the radio. Tell McMurdo Station what happened. He's like, I can't reach anyone. I haven't reached anyone in two weeks. That's the... That 70s show guy with the perm. Yeah, we ne- I forgot his real name. I did too. I think he's Windows. Yeah. I didn't figure that out till the end of the movie. Mac and Windows. Mac and Windows. They should have been the two antagonists. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in roller skates. And Stevie Wonder Superstition plays. Mm-hmm. They're like, maybe we're at war with Norway. I don't know, they're shooting our dogs or something. They're like, maybe he went crazy. It's Kevin Fever. Oh, they haven't been there that long. And then we reach... I think, which is the first plot point where they decide to investigate. Yep, the Norwegian campsite, mm-hmm. or the station. So their normal world is disrupted, and they decide to take action and enter the world of adventure. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, of course, is the head of the adventure. He's the pilot. He's a helicopter pilot. Maybe that's why he's so bored. Yeah. He has nothing nothing cool scientific to do up there, just fly the helicopter. He drinks a lot of J&B uh, yeah, he does. scotch. He certainly does. So they decide to fly the heli, and there's bad weather coming, like there always is, to see what's up. And I've got here, I just discovered Kurt Russell's name is Mac, or short for McCrady. McCrady! And I mentioned that he has a funny hat, which you have already mentioned. Yes, he has. And you yourself, I quoted you during this point. <laughs> You said, it's always the dog's fault. <laughs> and then we stared at our dogs. <laughs> it is true, though. 
Yeah. The dog is wandering into someone's room at some point. I don't know what happened. He must be infecting someone that we don't know yet. I think he was just going around, and mm -hmm. they made sure to keep the focus on the dog because mm -hmm. something is up with the dog, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Mac and Mac and me, or Mac and his buddies, <laughs> make, great movie. make it to the... <laughs> oh, that's next on the list. Oh, no. Um, they make it to the Norwegian's base, and they find it abandoned and all fucked up. There's a bloody fire axe on the door. There's a frozen dead guy. Yeah, I thought the blood, like, remember the blood was, mm -hmm. like, frozen that was coming off his, like, arm? Which yep. I thought was really weird because I don't think, blood is so warm that mm -hmm. I don't see it, like, just freezing. Mm -hmm. But it, it's supposedly, in the story, it's negative 40 degrees. I don't know. Negative 40, like, as, like, a warm day? Yeah. And it gets worse. I mean, we know what negative 20 is. Yeah, with our, with wind chill. Yeah. But, like, he had cut his own neck, also, we noticed. And then yeah. froze right away. And they, they discover what I call an igloo hot tub party. Yeah. Oh, you called it a hot tub party. I called it an igloo, and I combined the two. Yes, I was going to say, I did the hot tub party. Because it reminded me of this little plastic thing I had as a kid that would, you would take all the snow from outside and form it into, like, just a brick shape. And then you'd pile the, the bricks on top of each other and make, like, a wall. Like you're a mason. Did you build any walls? I built a goddamn pyramid. No, I did not. I wish I had. Anyway. So, oh yeah. So there's this um, igloo hot tub thing. And they find weird genetic experiment gone wrong. Which I mentioned. The island of Dr. Moreau. And a big WTF there. What the fuck? And if you didn't know what WTF meant. Yeah, nobody knows that. So apparently they bring the um, body, or whatever it is, back to base, right? And it was really uh, like a toxic, toxic-looking face. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it was really funny looking. They're like two people meshed together, and and so Blair, the um, resident doctor or biologist, or whatever, does the autopsy on that thing, and he is, as we suspected, William. Uh, Wilford Brimley. Wilf yeah, Wilford Brimley. The, I have quote diabetes. unquote, diabetes. I've been calling, all quotes. my notes says Dr. Diabetes. Yes. Then they also, oh, I don't think this is, um, something's going on with the dogs now. The, the, I thought he was watching the TV on tape of the scientific tapes, but I think it's before they get back there. It's just some guy watching a tape of um, a game show. It was price, The Price is Right. Yeah, and it's like, what, behind door number one or two or three? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I've seen this one before. And he pulls the VH. VHS or possibly Betamax tape out. And then they smoke weed. And they probably put porn on. Which I thought. Maybe I didn't mention that. Yeah. I, I'm assuming. Okay, so we discovered that there's a bunch of other dogs because they have a kennel. And they put the dog away. Like, oh, this dog is fucking everything up. Mm -hmm. You know. So they put the dog in the kennel. And then the thing, <clears throat> it looks very eerie. It's like It looks like at first it's scared of the other dogs, but then... It's turned into... Uh, Little shop of horrors slash <laughs> Bambi, you said, like Tim Burton's Bambi. Yeah, like a Tim Burton version of Bambi. Uh, Resident Evil dogs. Yeah. yeah, it transformed into this crazy looking thing. It starts shooting fluids at other dogs. As a squirt in that other dog. I mentioned Dead Space. It's kind of like weird conglomerations of different beings just thrown together willy nilly almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, the face splits apart. Into a star That's shape. That's what reminds me of, yeah. Yeah, it's like plant-like, in a yeah. way. Which is one of my main points of evidence to how it has to do with H.P. Lovecraft. And at first I was thinking it was an elder one, because it has the star shape, and it's in the Mountains of Madness. His story is in Antarctica, and they meet these this weird creature that attacks everything. But I think it's a Shoggoth, which is a, a, uh, a slave of the elder ones, who have these star-shaped things, and they, they can mimic anything. Hmm. So the Shoggoth... Mimics partly these star-shaped, face, half-vegetable, half-animal type creatures of the Elder Ones. Mm -hmm. But then it also starts now mimicking humans. It's been... Oh, yeah, we haven't discovered that yet. Anyway, <laughs> to continue. <laughs> At one point I said it's lobster for dinner tonight, guys. Oh, after they discover the weird thing with all the dogs. And they, and they, they blowtorch everything. Mm -hmm. They killed one of the dogs. That's how they did it. 
Little demon dogs. Demon dogs. Demon dogs. Isn't that the the what it should be called? Have diamond dogs. Demon, demon dogs. dogs. Yeah. It makes more sense to me. Yeah. Damn. I'm on my next page already. Yes, and then they're watching the Norge team tapes. The okay, Mac is already returned, and they got the tapes, and they're watching these black and white tapes. They can't understand. It. There's a big. They're blowing up ice on the, the Nordic team. They're like, what's going on here? And they see this big, huge circular depression in the ice and that they're blowing up. And they discover it's a big spaceship. And it's a big discovery moment when at least the characters finally realize what they're dealing with. This so is they went back the next day to... Like, yes. So they then they decide to... Well, they've, they've learned something very important. They know what they're dealing with here at the midpoint. And then they decide to return or it's not in the same place it's like so many miles away from the north norwegian team they figured it out on the map and they fly the heli there and rappel down this ice cliff to investigate and at some point he says this thing well there's an empty box shape in the ice which resembles the igloo hot tub we were referring to earlier yeah like the nordic team had brought it back to their base from this box looks like a like a grave in a way, like an empty grave sort of situation. Yeah, a huge empty grave. Someone, I don't remember who, I didn't write it down, says this must have been here for 100,000 years. It's 100,000 years old. And then... Do you think that's an exaggeration? It was probably longer if you're talking Lovecraftian time. Well, you think like... Go eons. Elder gods. Millennia. Yeah. Well, elder gods are basically an alien race. You're creating other alien races and they used to be in control. But then they departed because Earth became somewhat uninhabitable. It went under the waters, you know, Cthulhu stuff. Yeah. There's still some left in the Antarctic. Then I got voodoo bullshit times two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy says voodoo bullshit. Yes. I was trying to figure out why he was that down <laughs> What? What does this have to do with voodoo? No, nothing to do with voodoo. Like, it's what's just... this voodoo bullshit? Mm -hmm. Voodoo. Um, that was, uh, what's his name? Keith David yep. is the actor's name, and he childs in this movie. Mm -hmm. As they're trying to explain, oh, this is, you know, this is aliens. Obviously, what we're dealing with something from another world. We don't really know what it's about. It is voodoo bullshit. It can't be. And then there's something about dirty drawers. Oh, yeah. Uh, the cook, uh, somebody's shirt got ripped, mm -hmm. which we find out the, later. The ripped shirt is a good clue later yeah. on. And he's like, somebody keep has their dirty draws, mm -hmm. and he threw it at Curdy. Mm -hmm. Mac Reddy. Oh, Mac. That becomes important later. Yeah. And then we go to a computer graphics cell, or a computer simulation, which is yeah. awesome graphics, which Blair Wilford Brimley is watching, or programming, I guess. Negatives. Trying to discover how the cells assimilate other forms or something. You can't cure diabetes. That thing has like, that's got like. It's better than most it's got Atari like, games. Yeah, it's got like 500k of RAM, I think. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. They say that 27,000 hours for the whole population could be infected. Yes. And the probability of crew members being infected is 75%. The entire world has, like you said, 27,000 hours from first contact. So Doc Blair is the only one who's like really mostly worried. And he gets a gun. And then... Virtoxy. You see the Virtoxy creature. I, call, I keep calling him Toxy. Because he reminds me of Toxy. That weird face creature that they brought back. Uh -huh. Remember? Uh -huh. They brought him back and he starts... They thought he was dead. That creature. And um, it started breathing underneath the blanket. You could see it breathing. And then they put it like in a storage room. Well, there's some guy. It's nighttime now. He's like, Blair's acting weird. He says he read his Blair's diary. He read Wilford Brimley Diabetes Diary. Wasn't it the screech-looking fellow? I guess. I don't know if... I didn't get, catch that, but... Anyways, the point is, in his diary, it says the remains are not dead yet. So, like, those remains that he's investigating, he realizes they're not dead, but he hasn't told anybody yet. So then something happens there, and he gets attacked by the thing. They sound alarms, etc. They burn stuff with flamethrowers, like they will do throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair has like a meltdown. Yeah, so this I think is the second pinch point when they realized 
that Blair has gone rogue and he, like you said, he has a meltdown. And that 70s guy. He, they see him shuffling around <laughs> and they hear a gunshot. That 70s guy was stuck in the laboratory with him. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't, I never liked that 70s show that much. But that guy, that brother was um, Roseanne and. Oh, yeah, I forgot they were brothers. Yeah, and he. Yeah, the Big Bang Theory his uh-huh. brother was in. I, I can't remember their names right now. Uh-huh. But Darlene's boyfriend yeah. did the comic books, and his brother was the guy with the curly hair on that 70s show. Yeah, but the guy that looks like that guy. There's <laughs> <laughs> yes. a long chain. Yeah, too of, many chains. Of associations. Um, and then they discovered that Blair had smashed up the chopper, so they can't use the chopper anymore. Mm-hmm. Blair is breaking everything. He's killed the dogs, we find out kind of off stage, and he's smashing up with an axe all the computer equipment in this. Area in the 70s guy's guy cowering in this corner. Yeah. And he's got a gun and he's shooting at them. He shoots at Childs until he runs out of bullets and then they charge they charge him and they got a table like as a as a shield. Yeah. And the axe almost goes through the table. It's a, you know one of those cheap folding tables. Yeah. I didn't understand that theory. I would have found something like metal or I don't know. Well, they just, they just what was around. They didn't have time to think about it. <laughs> dog guy sees dog dead. I wrote. Yeah, he was really sad about dog. There's dead. a guy who really well, liked I dogs. Can't. You could tell. Uh, you could tell he really liked dogs. In the he was crew, so weird about dogs that he was actually scared of dogs. Of him the whole time. Actually. Yeah, the actor really, really didn't like dogs. Oh, I really, really did like dogs. dogs. Oh. I heard that he ruined your life, ruined he your turned brain, ruined e. everything that you so own. So he could dogs in Alaska. Like the metal song. So that part was oh, actually. Oh, the actor. Yeah, the actor. Oh, because um, I know somebody. <laughs> I don't remember who in the crew. <laughs> Shooting dogs. Anyway, back to where we were before I got back on the dog thing, which is really interesting because I read that uh, one of the dogs, the main dog, not the one that was running, the one that was running was made to look like this dog named Jed that was the main dog like in the that walked around where he turned into a, mm-hmm. a monster <clears throat> um, the dog running with the helicopter is not the same dog they actually painted that dog painted that dog yeah what do you mean people paint animals for movies sometimes oh my god maybe spray paint I don't know we should totally do that. <laughs> we can. I, I don't think the dogs would listen to me like Jed does it for John Carpenter. We already think that Samwise looks like a lion. We can make him a leopard even. Who knows? We can make him into all types of different animals. He's a golden retriever. Fun fact. Um, I sometimes on Halloween put a lion's mane on him and hand out candy and you'd be amazed how many real little children are scared of him and think he's a real lion. Yeah, they, <laughs> they ask you, more than one has asked you, is it a real lion? Yes. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a real lion? Blair says to watch Clark, which I think Clark is the dog guy I was talking about. And then they lock Blair in the tool shed because Blair's gone crazy, obviously. They're trying to figure out, is there any way to tell who's infected or not? They're like, well, a blood test? They're like, well, somebody get the blood. We all have samples of our blood. We can test it, blah, blah, blah. And then they discover that somebody has taken the blood. Yeah. Somebody's already taken the blood before they even thought of this test. The 70s show guy. Yeah. Breaks glass, freaks out, grabs a rifle. And Gary, the um, more military guy, I think, points a gun at him. Everybody's freaking out, but Gary, the guy... And uh, looks implicated, like he's the only one who has a key to the blood. Him and the other doctor, Doctor mm-hmm. Copper, they call him. Mac takes the um, the gun. Oh, he wanted to. Gary willingly gives up his gun and tries to give it to someone who no one would object to. Norris, I think it was, the kind of blonde guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't. You know, I don't want to be in charge. And so, Childs is like, well, I'll take it. And Kurt Russell's like, no, uh, I'll take it. We need someone who's a little more even-tempered. Then it starts the obvious antagonism between Keith David and Kurt Russell. They don't trust each other. Testosterone. 
both of those guys have testosterone a lot mm -hmm. of it. Especially, I very impressed. Wasn't it Keith David who was fighting um, Roddy Roddy Piper later in Bay Ridge? That is the most epic fight ever. Longest, longest fight ever. Yeah. So they say, this thing wants to hide. It'll fight, but it's vulnerable. We got a storm in six hours. We'll find out who's who. So they drug the doc. Did that not mean that? Who had access to the blood test. Mac makes a tape. Oh, yeah, he's recording to himself. He's like, I think at first he's like, I'm like, why is he fondling these dirty drawers we mentioned earlier? Mm -hmm. He's like uh, rubbing it on his face like he just went on a panty raid or something. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <clears throat> Never understood that concept. You so don't, gross. You don't smell underwear? No. But I'm wondering why Kurt Russell would do it. <laughs> and apparently, oh, there's been a name tag removed. So he doesn't know whose shirt it is. But he was like, oh, he's, so he takes a recording. He's like, it thinks it rips through your clothes. And this would be evidence. So if you find somebody's clothes, you know whose clothes they are, you know who's infected. But it looks like everybody else's. So now I think we're entering like the firm part of Act 3. Like paranoia takes over this whole plot point, I think. Nobody trusts anybody now, they literally say, like he does. There's nothing I can do but wait at first. But then somebody else finds Mac's clothes outside ripped with his name tag on it. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. And I think they talked to Blair again. He has a hangman's noose inside, like he's going to hang himself. But then he's like, I want to come back inside. I want to come back inside. Why don't you let me inside? We're friends. Mm -hmm. And they're outside doing that. And then they realize someone's been in Mac's shack. They couldn't have been playing his computer chest because that's broken. Because <laughs> the lights are on. They run back in. Childs has like two by fours nailing against doors. Everybody's freaking out. They think McCready is one of them. But McCready breaks in through this other window that's already locked. And he has the key or something. And they're like, okay, let's get him. Because they're pretty sure that Mac is one of them. Yeah. But he's got... A handful of dynamite. He's got a stick of dynamite, and he lights it. He's like, or threatens to light it. He's like, back off. Right? Yep. Somebody passes out. The blonde guy passes out. The doc tries to revive. Did I, did I skip the whole thing back off? At some point, the guy just passes out. They try to revive him with those electro pads. What are those called? The uh, Oh, yeah. And that's when um, the belly thingy. Yeah. That was creepy. No wonder why that 22-year-old... That exhaustion, <laughs> making those effects. Well, well, explain that scene. Well, he does the uh, revival part. What are those things called? Yeah, why can't I think of what those are called? Yeah, They're, you know, you know the they go clear and then yeah, it shocks and they do that and then his belly, he hits his belly with it and then his belly went like like an egg breaking like it opened bleh. up like a mouth. Yeah, it was creepy. And then his hands go in, and then he bites off his hands. Yeah, that was so gross. Mm -hmm. And Mac just torches everything. He's like, and there's some... Fuck this shit. Tongue lashing, I say, like these weird uh, tentacles, but not tentacles, they're more like a... Yeah. Uh, what would you call them? Viney. Like a red vine licorice. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Super long. Uh, spider head, I call it crane. Oh, yeah, after they, <laughs> they fuck him up, his, his head is still it fallen yeah. off, and it's like the head sprouts these little um, legs, the spider legs, like a spider legs, and I call him Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and they literally say, "You gotta be fucking kidding!" And then they shoot him, that spider head, and somebody shoots Clark the dog guy. How did that happen? I thought they thought because he was too doggy. Oh, he tried to attack Mac. Oh, yes, they're all, they still suspect, suspect Mac is behind this somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, give us the weapons. And he's like, no, back off, back off, I'll shoot you. And then the dog guy kind of sneaks up on him and he shoots him. Yeah. Like, he must have been one of them. He's like the low point of the movie for our main protagonist, Kurt Russell. Everybody suspects him. They would kill him if he didn't wasn't holding everybody hostage. Yeah, he was holding everyone hostage. Everybody was tied up. On a couch, they that one guy. Oh said. yeah, they're yeah they're tied down to a couch. Yeah. You cannot get up off this couch. Yeah, it's funny. And 
So Mac is like, well, I got this theory how I can prove at least my innocence or everybody we can he's mainly worried about who can find out which one of us is infected, if we can trust anybody yeah. at all. We're gonna resolve this whole paranoia plot that took up the whole second act mostly before we can really take action and finally know who's who and what's what. Mm-hmm. So his theory is we'll take blood from everybody and since this thing, this organism apparently can act on a cellular level, it will act to protect itself even in something as small as its blood. Like it's it's just an imitation, a perfect imitation of a human or whatever it wants to imitate. So he made everybody cut their finger and then they would test it by taking this, was it copper wire yeah. and with the blowtorch blow and then warm that up and then put it in the blood to see how it would react. Yeah, see how the blood would react if it had a consciousness to react to. And he's testing everybody. Oh, somebody calls him. Oh, yeah, they tested the guy that died, Clark, for mm-hmm. any, the dog guy, which we all suspected, you got to admit. We thought the dog guy had been infected by the dog, right? Yeah. I think this whole time. So they test the dog guy's blood. Nothing happens. So they're like, Oh, you're a murderer. You're a murderer. So our hero is now a murderer. Mm-hmm. And then they suspect. Him more. Yeah, they, they go through a couple of people and they start to suspect Gary again, the guy who had access to the blood to begin with, yeah. gave, gave up the gun. And then as they're talking about him, they're testing this other guy to see more. What guy would he. I think his name was Palmer, but. I don't remember his name. While they're talking about Gary and starting to be suspicious of him, they're testing the other guy, and that's when it jumps up out of nowhere, like out of yeah, the, it was like a cyclone. Yeah, like a cyclone weird. of like blood matter shooting up. Ah! Yeah, and then the guy starts transforming while they're all chained together on this uh, <laughs> couch, couch thing. Thingy. Uh, it's a futon, the futon of death. <laughs> the futon of death. I've been on those. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so he's freaking out. He's transforming into some big thing. He's going to kill somebody, probably Mac. Mac is <clears throat> trying to light his flamethrower, which will not light. Yeah. He's like, click, click, click. And he cannot kill it. Doesn't somebody break free at some point? Uh, I don't remember if somebody broke free. The thing grabs him while they're tied down. Eventually, Mac burns and blows it up with dynamite. Yeah, like... <laughs> The flamethrower wasn't quite enough to get rid of that guy. Yeah. He tossed dynamite at him at some point. I forgot to write down details of how that happened. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I thought I would remember that. It does seem pretty strange. Mm-hmm. You're, you're inside a base in Antarctica, and you're just throwing dynamite around. There you go. <laughs> They've determined who it was. Everybody else passes, including Mac. I think we already decided that. And uh, they decide, well, who's left? Blair. We already suspected him. He's off. We trapped him off in the shack. Let's go do him. We gotta go test Blair. <laughs> Let's go do him. <laughs> yeah, a, a bunch of bunch of men <laughs> coming to your shack in the middle of the night. <laughs> and this is in very, Antarctica. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of sex. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a crazy part, and I don't find this logical. Mm-hmm. By any means, but this next part, when they get to the shack, Mr. Diabetes yeah, is not there. He's gone. He got out. Look, how did he get out? He's been busy. Oh, he's been busy. He apparently, they lifted up the boards from the floor somehow. They noticed mm-hmm. were loose, or they looked fine to me, like they maybe weren't nailed down or something. Yeah. And he had made this huge tunnel underneath the shack through the snow. Where did the snow go? One. And it makes this pretty big open area where he's been like out scavenging around parts from different vehicles and everything and building like a little mini spaceship yeah. underground. It's that tunnel. Yeah, he's scavenging parts from like the chopper, etc. Got back the inside. Generator and then, the, then they think the generator blew up or something. Yeah. And then. We're fully into the climax now. We know who the bad guy is. It's Blair. He's has consciousness of trying to get a spaceship to get back somewhere, I guess. And the generator goes down, so they've got six hours till it's like negative 100 degrees everywhere. They're all going to die within 600, six hours or so. And they said, well, maybe he's given up on, you know, building the ship. 
he what he's tearing down the generator now he wants to freeze because he can survive the freezing thing and he just wants to wait till the next batch of scientists come in he's got a better chance because we know what's going on we're going to try to kill him but if he can just kill us all and he can survive the freeze wait till the next batch of people come in and he can jump on them and probably take a helicopter back or however he wants to plan infecting the world they dynamite the ship and the shack they blow shit up they're like fuck you you're not going to do that and then they start investigating more and they find out the generator is not blown like hey can you fix it he's like no it's gone 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 like he must have been using it as probably his part to generate his spaceship and they blew that up i wrote uh just like norwegians burning down churches yes yeah kind of black metal feel mm-hmm. and then the next oh. note go ahead okay we're gonna bring this whole place down they know they're fucked mm-hmm. basically they got six hours let's make make sure that it dies so it can't get infected the next people that come here and the rest of humanity potentially so they're trying to track down Wilfred Brimley and he keeps popping up out of nowhere right mm-hmm. he sticks his fingers in the face of somebody yeah, squishy oh, face. And squishy face and Gary yeah. and I just have diabetes exclamation point <laughs> I have diabetes <laughs> squishy face <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then tremors Yes, Mac is alerted by, oh, he's calling, he's like, hey, so-and-so, Gary, or whatever, Gary or Childs, I think, are people left, mm-hmm. and he's like, no one's responding, so he's like, oh, shit, so he pulls his dynamite out, oh, they're also getting, they're setting up um, dynamite all over the station, mm-hmm. and they're trying to connect it to one of those plunger things, like in cartoons, you know? Wiley Coyote. Yeah, it's a Wiley Coyote thing, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to pull this plunger up, and then we see something like from Tremors. Some underground monster with tentacles. We finally see some full-on tentacle action, like. And not like anime tentacle porn stuff we're talking about. We're talking about tentacles. Like Cthulhu. When you said tentacle action, I was. I didn't say action. <laughs> <laughs> but we see tentacles, as in Cthulhu mythos tentacles, and what I say is a. Dog face Klaatu. Oh yeah, there's like, it must be facing down. I'm getting excited, so my my notes are scattered around and bigger than yeah. normal. Yeah. And it's nearly the end of the movie, and I just write dog face Klaatu. Show me your mind. Because some kind of dog face creature comes out of his middle area, yeah. like in the Total Recall. Mm-hmm. With, is it Klaatu or Quatu or something? Where he reads your mind, mm-hmm. and Mac has an excellent one-liner action hero <laughs> thing to say. He says, fuck you too. I said, yeah, fuck you too. Uh-huh. And then I put diabetes. And then I put explodo. <laughs> and then... So he must have thrown dynamite at him. I don't remember. See, I get too excited at the end, and I don't write the specifics. I'm like, I'll remember that. Yeah, I think the same way. <laughs> by my notes, especially towards the end here. Uh-huh. And then so they've destroyed... They've, they've killed it. They killed diabetes. Yes. <laughs> it was going to infect our population. Yes. <laughs> this is a, obviously a fantasy because they failed, right? Yeah. It must have been a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and then <clears throat> Childs and... Yeah, now we're at... That was a climactic moment. The final showdown with Wilford Brimley, tentacles, dog face, uh, dynamite, fuck you too. They've defeated yeah, the enemy. Fuck you too. And now we're at the resolution. And it's just Childs and Mac left. Drinking J and B scotch. And they're like, well, let's wait for a while, see what happens. And I think you hear a, a scream off stage. They finally got the last of it or something. And they just drink J and B scotch. Mm-hmm. Wait to die. Yep. Because there's no generator, there's no heat, there's no power. They can only die. No one's coming anytime soon. They've sacrificed themselves. To. This is an interesting story, mm-hmm. in a sense, because even the. Oh yeah, and also like. Protagonist is the. Um, also, what I thought was good is like, that whole anim- animosity between those two characters is resolved. Yeah. yeah. Neither of them trusted each other. They were always 
you know, against each other. My balls are bigger. Mm-hmm. But nope, they're both heroes. They're the same size. <laughs> well, we did have Dick Warlock working uh, the stunts. The stunts. The stunt coordinator <laughs> was by Dick Warlock. <laughs> what a hero! It's a, it's an interesting movie too because out of Carpenter's movies, like mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen freaking I would say I see most of them. At least most of them, if not all. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen all of them. Because um, there's a, you were talking about the trilogy, and then there was one that I haven't I, seen. Yeah, as I was looking this up, because I was like, I was convinced there was Lovecraftian themes in this movie. Because mm-hmm. I had heard it somewhere before, so I didn't come up with it to begin mm-hmm. with. But then as I watched it, I became more and more convinced. Because mm-hmm. I knew from the start it was set in Antarctica, which is where the H.P. Lovecraft story at the Mountains of Madness is based. And they discovered these ancient creatures who had been in the ice, or like evidence of an old ancient civilization there. Because at the time when Lovecraft was writing in the 20s and 30s, Antarctica was basically one of the few places left unmapped. You know, there was big blank spots of the yeah. maps. So he's like, he can put anything there, right? Yeah. He's like, well, maybe if when they're discovering there could be evidence of these elder races that he invented. It's like the first ancient aliens theory. Kind of situation. Ancient aliens horror is kind of like Lovecraft yeah. in a way. And yeah. and the evidence of these star-shaped creatures I was mentioning, how their faces, would, the dog face in particular, split apart like a like a flower. Yeah. Like a star-shaped flower, which is what is mentioned in um, Lovecraft stories about the Elder Ones. And the... I like how you, like, the Elder Ones. If you look at me... I'm trying to specify because it gets complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But you look at me, you're like, the Elder Ones? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm... Oh, I'm what now? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's almost like like you were trying to seduce me for a minute. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you were really doing that, Mm -hmm. but it just kind of looked like that for a minute. I was like, oh... But in numerous stories, the Shawgoths, I think, is what we're dealing with in The Thing, or a representation of it, were kind of amorphous, and they could assume any shape, and they were created by the Elder Ones starship things. So they used to copy, and they were at war with the Elder Ones. They had, like, a slave yeah. revolt of some sort, I guess, according to Mountains of Madness, as they piece it together from, like, hieroglyphics on ancient stone, etc. Cyclopean wall is one of those favorite words, cyclopean. But, uh... Like no. <laughs> <laughs> it just means it's really big. I know. <laughs> I just like making you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the Shagath would assume these shapes that it was accustomed to, and I thought that was evidence of kind of ancient cosmic horror of these entities that don't give a crap about us. They were here before us. They just. And, they're nothing. Yeah. And humanity has worshipped them as gods, but they're really alien or other dimensional in origin. Like cats. Exactly like cats. Yeah. And we're piecing it together now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have and, any cats. And then anyway, the um, oh, we used to, but um, we learned to, or we used to have at different points in our early lives. Yeah, in our early lives, yeah. yeah. Um, the point of the, oh yeah. Um, John Carpenter's Lovecraftian influence was mentioned in that he said he considered The Thing to be the first of his trilogy of Lovecraftian themed um, sort of stories that, that he directed. Yep. And then... Uh, the second one he said was Prince of Darkness. Yep, with Alice Cooper. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird movie. Yeah, it is a weird one. It's I, like, it's I like, like it, though. It's like it mixes Satan with Ancient Aliens. Yeah. Or with goo. There's some goo involved. Yeah. I don't remember it very well. I thought it was semen, but yeah. Um, and then the third one is At the Mouth of Madness, which I was very excited as a kid when I first discovered H.P. Lovecraft in the 90s. And I was like, Mouth of Madness, that sounds exactly like Mountains of Madness. And then it's, and then I realized later, John Carpenter did both The Thing, which is set in Antarctica, the, like the Mountains mm-hmm. of Madness, and he did The Mouth of Madness. So it's obviously he knows something about it. He's playing with these themes, at least, if he's not doing a direct movie adaptation. The guy that gave you Michael Myers. 
Oh, yes. Which, did you ever see that remake? The new one? Or not, it's not a remake, sorry. Halloween? It, yeah, the new one that came out last fall. Last fall, no. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, I actually was surprised. I thought it was going to be shit. I thought it was going to be like H- H2O and all that shit. Who, oh, God. <laughs> Who directed uh, this new one? Oh, Carpenter got to remake his own? It wasn't a remake. Oh, that was oh, a mistake. It was, it was a, another sequel. Yeah. This is, um, like, years later. Let me make sure that it was... No, Jim. it wasn't directed by Carpenter. It was but, David Gordon Green. Okay. It was Jamie um, Lee Curtis. It's like... Yeah. An older lady. It takes place after... After years and years. She has, like, a kid. Are we still counting LL Cool J? And I mean, that one was not bad. I, I found some good moments in that one yeah it's not great but it's not bad but the bad one was with um what's her name who does the fashion stuff and there was like a reality show element to it she's a model and I don't remember that one it was one of the last one of the last Halloween movies um Tyra Banks oh yeah that was awful that was terrible. Oh my god. Which one was that? Was that H two O or was that a different one? Um H two O is the one uh with uh what did we kept calling them? It had L Cool J in it. No, the one before it had L Cool J in it. No, the H two O is the one that has L Cool J. No. Yes, I'm looking at it right oh, now. Okay, then it's the whatever one it was after that one. But um we kept calling this uh, Steve Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, we called instead of calling him Michael Myers, we call him Steve Stevenson. Yeah, um, which is Resurrection. Yes, Resurrection is the one with Tyra Br- and Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes and yes. Tyra Banks. Yes, but and there was some kind of reality show set up. With yeah, they went to the Michael Myers house or something, and it was just like awful. you can stay there. Yeah, yeah, really um, bad. But I, I actually um, would like Rob Zombie to stop ha- making Halloween movies, please. Don't ever do that again. Um, the first one wasn't too bad. I like the little prequel story, but the second one that you did, I honestly thought was completely fucking terrible. And please don't do that. And in general, Hollywood, uh, you really should stop making good movies. That were good. No, remake remake some bad ones. Yeah, fix the bad ones. Like Friday Thirteenth <laughs> didn't need a remake. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my god, I hate that fucking movie. The remake. It, it's just terrible. Just don't do that. Please don't do that. I wanted to like it, and it just couldn't. It just didn't deliver. There's nothing to like. I don't know. And I had hopes for it for some reason. I don't know why. It just failed. Yeah. It's just terrible. And especially Friday the 13th. It really pissed me off. I thought it was a terrible movie. The remake. Because, you know, Friday the 13th is my favorite. Is it? Yep. I'm more of a Nightmare on Elm Street guy. I'm totally a Friday the 13th girl. I like the stupidity, the campiness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, literally well, campiness. Well, yeah. <laughs> is that where that, that phrase started? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. And, you know, I like Sleepaway Camp. It's really good. I like Sleepaway Camp. But mm-hmm. Friday is my... But, you know, if you're talking about, yeah, for fun, cheesy campiness, yeah. yeah. But I'm not like... Fun. The first Nightmare on Elm Street is actually really good. It is really good. Johnny Depp. <laughs> is that the other reason? <laughs> no. I'm just saying. Uh, my kid actually finally watched it. Not that long ago, because we tried to get her... Well, we, we tried to make her watch it before, and then she would always make us shut it off, or she got freaked out. The original uh, Friday, or Nightmare. Nightmare on Elm Street. And she watched it with a friend, and she was like, Johnny Depp's in this? I'm like, <laughs> yes. So that was really funny. I think it was one of the movies that he refused to ever watch himself in anymore. Well, I heard that was the only one he ever did watch, and that's why oh. he's... 
stop watching himself entirely. Yeah, was, was, that's what he said anyway. Yeah, which I, I I don't I don't think that's a bad thing because mm-hmm. I have seen myself in movies I've been in and mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, that's so weird. I don't even like hearing my voice on this recording. <laughs> really? I, I can listen to my voice all day. I think. About it. <laughs> I just I think love the sound of your voice. I do. <laughs> that's I, a that's bold, why I talk bold all admission. The time. It's. It's just like the watching me out. watching me on film is really, really hard for me. It's like, oh my god, that's what I look like. Mm-hmm. But with my voice, I'm like, oh, that's what I sound like. Okay, I- I'm okay with it. But the minute I'm on film, I'm like, ugh, ugh. But then I'll watch my movies and stuff I've been in like fifty times. So I don't know. So I'm not a Johnny Depp in that sense. I guess, yeah, like, if I did, like, recordings of music, I kind of, even though I, I see all the flaws, I keep mm-hmm. doing it over and over. Over, yes. Like, uh, they're, like, because I can still hear the promise of what it could be. Like, I, like, oh, that part was good, even though that part wasn't. Yeah, that's kind of what you know? I do when I'm, like, because mm-hmm. I'm not an actress by any means, but, you know, I've always been in low budget worked on low budget things and so I always end up in most of the movies I worked on which isn't a lot but so I always ended up in it and so it's kind of funny to watch yourself on screen you're like oh that's really weird huh anyway (laughs) 